You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Ball Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. Uh, got a great one today. We're talking about Kirby's sly comments at the Tennessee offense and Josh Heupel's response. Also, uh, going over some news from the second scrimmage of spring and what we're going to be looking at during the spring game. So, good podcast. Before we get into that, if you guys are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. We absolutely love the comments. If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download. Uh, follow us on all of those different listening platforms you use. You can also follow us on social media, at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at rbacon26 to read on Twitter, at Kyler Kerbison for myself on all social medias. So yeah, let's jump into this uh, great podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. Got another great podcast for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about some comments made over the previous week. But first, before we get into any of that, Reed, how we doing, bud? <laughs> I'm laughing, bro. I'm laughing because because I've had a day. I've had we, a day, dude. We just we just started, and uh, I I talked for a minute, and uh, I had a little pause thing. So I was like, "Hey, Kyler, can you hear me?" You're like, "Yeah, I'm good." And I said, "Hey, it's great to see you. It's 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 nice. We're coming back after technical difficulties." I get about a minute in, and Kyler starts shaking his hand. Goes, "Hey, bro, I gotta stop you. I didn't I didn't hit record." <laughs> So anyways, anyways. It's not one thing, it's another. Yeah, so round two of starting this pod. Um, so um, been a great day, great weekend. Um, I was just saying that you all didn't hear because it wasn't recorded. <laughs> but I was saying, you know, it was a, we're recording tonight on Easter night. Um, and it's been an unbelievable day. Um, great, great mass service. You guys know that I... Uh, I'm strong in my faith. I take it very serious. I, you know, uh, I've grown up Christian, but became Catholic. Actually, you know, I went to Catholic schools my whole life, but became Catholic two years ago. And uh, Easter's the the biggest day of the year uh, for Catholics, Christians, believers, and so uh, really being able to sit back and understand the meaning of the day is special but it was a great day because i got to go to mass with megan and her mom and then my dad came because he usually he goes to another church but he went down to the cathedral with us and it was it was awesome and then came home and ate had my second favorite meal you know behind my thanksgiving and uh and christmas meal so my sister and mom absolutely crushed it in the kitchen doesn't matter that it was easter sunday i still crushed my regular sunday two-hour nap and then watched the masters which uh you know, is is my favorite golf tournament uh, to watch. Yeah. I, I love all the I love all the majors, but um, the Masters is always number one, and so it was great. And then I enjoyed watching. So we're doing one uh, pod, but it's you're going to break it down into three because we'll we'll talk about the recruits that we we got. And not only am I always excited to hear your opinion just on any recruits, but there's nothing better than hearing your opinion um, 
about offensive linemen. And plus you're like the teacher. So it's like, I, I get, I get excited if I say something and, and then you agree with it. So, uh, so yeah, man, great, great weekend. Um, uh, happy Easter to everyone out there. Um, so it's, it's an amazing special day. And, uh, how was your weekend? Uh, it wasn't bad. I had a very eventful last like two hours right before we jumped on this podcast. Um, had, we've been trying to look into some different properties around Nashville and, you know, possibly buying something, maybe flipping something. Um, and we found this thing in Goodlettsville and it's, I mean, it's the boonies. It, it, uh, so we went and looked at it, checking it out. It looks like there's going to be a lot more work than maybe we originally thought. Uh, just like actual foundation work, structural work, which is a lot more. But the guy who showed it to us, um, he just really struggled with with uh, ending a sentence or ending a conversation. Um, so trying to get through that, and then literally on the drive home, no, he did driving in my no, wife's car down Asheville Highway, and a vulture. Eating his snack. Asheville the Highway? Road. There's an Asheville Highway over there? There's a vulture eating its snack in the middle of the road. As I drive by, decides to take off, and I obliterate him oh. as he hits my side mirror. Oh, gosh. So break that buddy's neck. He's off to the side. I almost have a heart attack. Cracks the <laughs> Cracks the side mirror, and I'm like, I haven't even eaten dinner yet. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get home. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta record a podcast. I gotta like get things together. It has just been insane. So mm. quite, yeah, quite a finish to the day. Uh, what did, uh, but excited to be on here though. What did Brienne say when, when it came flying up and hit the car? Did she like scream and yell? Yeah, of course she screamed. Yeah. Uh, and I was literally sitting there with like my hand over my heart for like five seconds. Like, uh what the hell just happened dude that's wild well i'm happy i'm happy as heck you didn't like swerve you know because natural instinct there's times that animals run out and it's like obviously you don't want to kill an animal but it's better to hit the animal than swerve and wreck yourself and exactly wreck and hurt somebody else but it is natural instinct like crazy bro it's 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 crazy so 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 but so the car the damage to the car was the was the mirror yeah, just a mirror, and it's only the backside, the plastic side of it. It's not the actual mirror, so it's not that bad. Yeah. But hey, hey, you should have a you should have a lot of experience dealing with people that don't shut up. Since you had to do a podcast, <laughs> I didn't know how long you were going to go about your weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I went I went a little long just because it's Easter weekend and it uh, or Easter day and it. Well, actually, yeah, you know, Holy Week, and it's been uh, it's a, that's a big deal for me. So I want I want people to to uh, hopefully uh, understand the meaning of it. But um, yeah. bro, so I've been I you know my job outside of uh, my actual job I was gonna say my job outside of this, but is is in the staffing world, and um, especially when I was staffing for logistics personnel, which would be drivers. You know, warehouse workers, pickers, packers, uh, operations folks. I, I would legitimately be a multimillionaire. No hand, hands down, no questions about it. If I had recorded all the conversations that I had 
from 2015 to, to now. Now I would have to get those people's, you know, approval to play them. But they, but, 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 um, I was going to say superstitions. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, stereotypes. Stereotypes are real for a reason because there are people that exist out here, like this guy. Yeah. Who just tech, like you would not believe the people that I interviewed, talked with, worked with. And listen, some of the nicest people in the world, but they just love to talk and like, they maybe don't get to to talk with somebody and you are super nice. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I got really, really good. Now, in person's tough. In person's very tough. But I got really good at being on the phone. And I would just say, they'd be talking mid-sentence. And I would go, hey, 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 hey. Like, hold, hey, hey. They'd still talk. I'd say, hey, hey, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I got someone else call me in. I'll call you back. And you just click. But anyways, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that anymore. I'd rather get into what we actually came here to do. Um so, what we wanted to talk about first is the comments that Kirby Smart made last week. Um, just throwing some minor shade at Coach Hype in the Tennessee offense. And just, you know, our quarterback is a decision maker. He's a decision maker. He's got to make decisions. He's got to read defense. He's got to call play. He's got to get the signal in. Like other quarterbacks don't have to freaking do that, dude. Like, first, my first thought on it actually is there's a reason Kirby said that. There's a reason he has to say that because the Tennessee Volunteers are a threat. If the Tennessee Volunteers are not a threat to Kirby Smart, and and I'm not saying to his national championship, I'm not saying that, you know, we are going to win the next five and he's not going to win anymore. I'm not saying that, but we're a threat somehow. There's got to be recruits telling him that they don't like his offense and they like ours. There's got to be something that's going on in the neck of the woods where people are talking about us and not about him to where we are a threat to where he has to diminish us so that he feels better about himself. That That is true. That has to be true for him to make those kind of comments. And, because no one asked him that directly. No one asked him about up-tempo offenses and how that works. They were literally like, hey, what makes a great quarterback in your system? And then he had to throw a shot at us. So it should make everyone feel good that he's saying these kind of things. Because that means we're getting somewhere. That means Tennessee's back. That means we are the threat to Georgia. Well, I I, I... – I got a lot on this. So first off, I usually don't, this, this is hell six, seven, eight days ago. Usually you and I don't even talk about stuff like this. Um, I, I did want to bring it up and talk about it uh, for a couple different reasons. Uh, I will say, I hate when people say Tennessee's back, you know, Texas is back. I mean, Sam Ellinger saying it after they want, like, I, I don't want to hear all that. Like Tennessee will be back when we've had about three or four years consistently, you know, in and out of SEC championship games, in and out of the playoff, which I really do, in my heart, I do think Tennessee is going to be in the playoff conversation every year because it's going to be 12 teams. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I'll be shocked with under coach hype. We're not in and out of that thing all the time. And so I, I don't like the whole Tennessee's back, but but I get I get your point where you're making. For me, what what I thought was so funny about this is, is exactly what, 
you what, what you said, like exactly what was said. And, and I have it pulled up and I'm going to read it real quick. Just it basically that's kind of what it says. It's like a true quarterback is a decision maker in our system because some systems take all the pressure off the quarterback and they just go really fast. We don't do that. We're a quarterback driven offense. So you can process the information. That means get the signal, get people lined up and then see what the defense is and figure out we're in the right right situation. So my thing is, if you want to take shade at Tennessee, first off, bro, you're the two-time national champion, like you're back-to-back national champion. Like you beat us this year, two years ago, Hypo's first year, you smoked us. It's like, pick another thing, like I, 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 trying to compare our offense, the, num- the number one offense in the nation. Numbers do not lie. Yeah. Do not change that. Tennessee is the number one offense in the nation. Okay. Heupel, Josh Heupel, is a better offensive mind and a better quarterback coach than Kirby Smart will ever be. That That's fine. Like, Kirby all Smart's those, a defensive coach. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like my thing is, is like, why, why, go, why go to the quarterback play? No one's going to Athens to learn quarterback play from Kirby Smart or any of his offensive coordinators over Josh Heupel. It's just – it's not going to happen. They're coming there because the team is better as a whole. And so it's like, you know, to talk about – you know, th- there's a couple things in here. Like, our quarterbacks are a quarterback-driven offense. Now, I'm not saying that – because you know me. You you know me, bro. Like, there are some times where, like, I, I don't knock Hendon Hooker, but I'm like – I, I still thir- firmly believe it's more of an of the scheme than the than the player. That that's me, and you know I've said that a long time. Yeah, that doesn't mean I don't love Hendon. But yeah, I said- it was the, it's it's the thought process of why was Hendon Hooker not ACC Player of the Year at Tech? Sure. He comes to here, and all of a sudden he's SEC Player of the Year. He's amazing. He's a Heisman run. Like, there's a reason for that, right? And they're and they're and they're listen. You got Jalen Hyatt running wide open against the greatest college coach of all time, one of the greatest defensive minds in football, you know, like Heupel is doing something right, whatever that may be, whether it's design, whether it's, you know, uh, the speed of the offense, whatever the case may be. But it's like he, uh, you know, there's no arguing what, what he's trying to argue, like our quarterbacks still do. It's a quarterback-driven offense. Like he has to make the throws. He has to hit the wide-open receivers. He still has to get the checks. He still has to, you know, check in and out of stuff. I don't – I'm going to take Hypo for his word, technically. We're not in those offense meetings. So, really, he could say all those things. But, but, yeah. but really, like he's still doing some of the checks or – a goal which was still in the ears last year of like, hey, Hendon, Hendon, look at look right here at 15 on the left side, or like Mike's changed, Mike's changed to to, to it's to also 11. it's it's also like there's certain plays that do different things. Like everyone knows that that we had plays where we as soon as a guy got down, we were up on the ball and we snapped and we went. And it's like you plan ahead for those things. You, you plan ahead. You make sure everyone knows everything they're supposed to do in that instance. Whenever you would rewatch the game and see that two wide receivers on the left weren't moving and then two wide receivers on the right were running routes and Hinton went to him. And if he didn't go to him, he ran. That wasn't every play. That wasn't every single play. That was specific times, specific 
down in distances where Coach Hype knew that he could do that. If you, as a head football coach, as a very experienced coach, a national championship winning coach, take those individual plays and say, this is the holistic of the offense. This is exactly how the offense is run the entire time. There's no pressure on anybody. He has two decisions, throw it to that guy or run. Then you're paying attention. You're just not. Well, the other thing is too, Kyler, Tennessee, let me break you news. The other big thing about this, Tennessee is not the first team to go fast. No. I mean, have you heard of Oregon, uh, you know, 10 years ago that, that would start doing it? And then Chip Kelly did it for years on years. There are so many other teams that do it. Tennessee just, A, is one of the best at it and one of the quickest. But, I mean, it's been going around for a long time, even before it became an actual offense. You still always had the two-minute drill, the hurry-up, NASCAR, you know, was what we used to call it. Like, you know, whatever. Like, NFL's been doing it. So, yeah. so the speed, if, if it was only just the speed of the offense was the gimmicky and that's why it's so easy on the quarterback, then, then why doesn't everyone else do it? And why does everyone else not put up the same numbers that Tennessee does? And it's also like, if the pressure's not on the quarterback, then who's it on? Right. Well, There's that's pressure on somebody. So, right. Well, that was what I was going to argue is like, people can proclaim to know everyone watching this, everyone in college football can proclaim to know, but really the only people that truly know are Kirby Stetson Bennett, their offensive coordinator, some of those other offensive players, Joe Milton, Hendon Hooker, and, and Heupel and Golish. Like, they they can argue, oh, well, our quarterback does this, our quarterback does that. Well, they're going to make their – they want to make their players sound better. They want to make their system play and, and pump up the, the, the players. But we, yeah. like I said, we really don't know when there's 17 seconds on the clock and before that mic cuts out, just like they used to talk about with Sean McVay all the time, how, long, how he was so in the ear until that 15-second clock or 10-second clock were then the – communication blares out. I I just think it's – I thought it was funny, but I just think that he should have gone about it a different way because the speed is is not a good argument. Everyone else does it, and there's not really a way to prove it, and and numbers don't lie. If you want to take a shot at Tennessee and call our offense gimmicky, that's fine because you can say, hey, that high-flying offense was really great until they came to Athens. Okay, that's all you have to say. Yeah, there you go. That that's it. That's all you have to say is. And I remember, and I and I think I told you this, and I thought it was a pretty cool interview listening to Kirby when I drove down to Athens for the game, and he was talking about Tennessee is a boxer that tries to knock you out in the first two rounds, and he said that to one of their local radios down there. I said, dude, that is so true. I said that is so true because when we jump up on somebody, you know, LSU, South Carolina a couple years ago, Missouri a couple years ago, even Bama of this past year. Now, Bama came back. But most of the times we jump up on those teams. And like I told you on this podcast a bunch, it's over. And the second quarter's just starting. But it's yeah. over. It's over because they know that they can't compete. So I loved hearing Kirby say that. And I was like, dude, he's right. If he can withstand those first five drives, the first three drives, the first quarter, and you withstand our knockout blows and take it to a 15-round fight, you, you're going to have a pretty good chance it, when, you, when you have his level of talent and, and those players. So um, I, I, I get that. I thought that was a shot in and itself, but I thought there was some truth to it. But this whole quarterback thing is – and I, I will tell you this. When I looked up the numbers before this, Georgia had like the sixth or seventh best offense. So they're not a Alabama team of – 2009 or 10 winning national championships yeah or or because of good defense or LSU winning a game because it's nine to six so don't don't I'm not knocking I mean they have very good you know tight ends running backs they 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 play offense well but you're not Tennessee Tennessee's number one nation now you guys are the national champs so talk about that talk about 
hey, you semi slowed us down or did slow us down type deal. Don't yeah, don't, don't don't take shots at the best offense. Literally, literally the best offense. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna come at somebody, come at something that because like I said, you and I are both saying they have plenty of ammunition to come back at us. It's like it's like they had they had a nice twelve gauge shotgun that they could have just blown the doors off. And he goes and gets a and he go gets a water gun and starts spraying. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? You can't get. We're the best offense in the nation. Talk about <laughs> something else. Talk about how you how you slowed us down. Don't try to compare Stetson Bennett and your quarterbacks to Hendon Hooker or or. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's silly. And, I mean, no one's saying like, what a great quarterback Georgia had this year. There, I mean, like, there are other offensive players on Georgia from this past year that are in this draft that are getting talked about way more than their quarterback. Well, that's all I'll say. They're offensive linemen, they're running backs, they're tight ends, they're wide receivers. They all are getting talked about more than their quarterback. The quarterback is running your offense. He's the one. He's the one with all the pressure. Hey, let's say this. And they're not he saying might, a word might, about him. He might be running it. He's not the reason that it goes. Exactly. You know, he might be behind that driver's seat, but he ain't the he's not the engine in that in that Ferrari or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, but uh anyways, yeah, I just I thought it was funny. And and the last thing I'll say on this is uh athletes coaches that that bro this this shit doesn't go away he like they're they're hyper will remember this you know he he's he's taking mental notes of this i mean he already kind of responded in a way exactly he already said hey no nobody in the country asked our you know their quarterbacks to do more than what we do um but yeah this is this is that chip on the shoulder and i and i i'm telling you as a as a player uh if i'm on tennessee's team uh, i'm you know, it makes me excited. Like, okay, Georgia, yeah, you guys were the top dogs. We were coming for you anyways. But, like, yeah, keep talking. Keep, you know, keep talking about us. Yeah, exactly. So, let's jump into that. Um, Heupel talking about those comments, making a statement about Joe. He also had some other stuff in that spring game. Or not the spring game, but the spring scrimmage, the second one, before Easter, that, you know, Joe did a good job. He said in the interview right after the practice that Nico has a long way to go. Yes. Hey, he said on. it. Kyler, yes. So a quote. <laughs> he that man, that man, I listened to it on on uh the Rocky Top Insider YouTube. I, I was I was I was I was stretching, I was rolling out, and I listened to it, and it was so funny because what he said was a cl- classic. A plus coach speak of he's doing the right things. He looks good. We're happy with some stuff here. He needs to continue working on this. And then he has to preface it so he doesn't get a million questions and the fans and all this nonsense. Yeah. He has a long way to go. Yeah, exactly. Like he 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 wants to make sure everybody knows, like, listen, this isn't this isn't like a huge open competition. Like Joe has this. Joe Joe is the guy that we're going with. I love Nico and I love what Nico's doing and he's got a great attitude about everything, but he's still got a ways to go, which is, I mean, that's exactly what we said. You know what I mean? That's exactly what we said after we went to practice is yeah, he's great. He, he is. He's got a little bit to go. He's got a little bit more understanding to do. And then, you know, I just saw that stuff on Twitter that was like, 
Oh yeah, an anonymous source says that Nico could take this starting spot after watching the second scrimmage in spring from Joe. You can't tell shit from one scrimmage in spring what that is no contact. Yeah, that, that's listen. I, I saw that and I saw that you responded to that. I, I think the and 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 I think I'm right on this that the comment was, which I don't follow that guy, I don't listen to that guy or whatever. I just saw it because you you said something back to it, but it said by the end of the season that Nico could replace Joe as the starter. It wasn't that he's in a quarterback competition now, which that you know in in the, at the end of the season, like what if Joe gets hurt? Now, obviously, that's probably not what they were talking about, but that would mean that Joe was playing pretty pretty darn bad. Like we probably lost a couple games because of quarterback play, and and that also means that Nico has had to progress really really well. I remember, I remember getting in an argument on Shocker Xbox Live, a great argument place. So, my buddies and I are on there, and we're talking about Nico and Joe. And one of my buddies was like, "Man, if Nico comes in and starts next year, like that means that like we probably like you know, um, you know that means uh, we're probably not not in good shape, or that Joe's done this." I was like, "If Nico comes in and starts, that means he's probably." incredible and we're going to be just fine i said if oh, yeah. he comes in and starts after being there for spring and fall that i'm not looking at that as a negative i'm looking at that as a massive positive because hypo knows what he's doing and that means he sees this kid he's like okay i believe in joe i would be an idiot not to play him exactly and it's like so like when people would argue that i'm like no and, and the other thing is too like you and i were um i mean i think reasonably doubted joe a little bit but then Definitely. we watched but then we watched the clemson game and we're like if he does this for next season he's gonna have a great year and tennessee's gonna be fantastic exactly. so i think that so that that clemson game was was huge for you know my opinion and listen one game but you know i i don't i i would be it's not happening i i, I would be shocked i will come on here and eat massive crow if, if nico's day one starter people just don't understand how difficult that is as a true freshman to come in especially especially a quarterback especially a quarterback yeah because you it's not just an understanding of the offense like you got to be a leader too like everyone has to trust in you like there's there's so much more like politicking that kind of goes with it too it's not just understand what you have to do on this play it's like no 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 you need to understand what every wide receiver does what the tight end does what the running back does what the offensive line's doing like it is – it's all-encompassing. So, if someone were to come in and start right away, especially at quarterback, they deserve it. They would be – it would be absolutely dog and just watch out. So, yeah. especially when you have Josh Heupel as your coach that we all trust, that he knows what he's doing. So, that that takes us into the spring game. Yeah. Uh, they've had two scrimmages. We talked about one shocker came back. The offense looked better. We told you that was going to happen. It always happens in spring. Defense start, does better. Offense makes a push. And I, my thing for the spring game is everyone just um, hold your expectations because you're going to see a lot of young guys. Even oh, yeah. even after the second scrimmage, and you heard the list of players who did not participate in that second scrimmage. I will be very surprised if there's not another pretty long list of guys that are not in the spring. And, and why not, Kyler? Why, why not do it? What what the hell does Jabari Small 
what is Jalen Wright? What is Jacob Warren? What is Tyler Barron? What is um, Brew McCoy? What does those guys need to show us? What does Dante Thornton need to show us? Like, I mean, because he's he's not a freshman. He's he's showed that he can play ball at, at Oregon. I think this is going to be one of those where you get a lot of young guys, and then if Nico does go play well, or one of the younger running backs, you know, goes and shows out and has some long runs, or some of those young defensive backs or linebackers play well, and everyone's going to be like, okay, did you see how good they looked? Did you see that? I guess we're going to see them in Nashville against Virginia. It's like, whoa, just because that linebacker looked good, you forgot that Keenan Peely and, and Aaron Beasley aren't playing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a spring game. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? So I, yeah. my biggest thing is like, it's going to be fun to watch, but just because if someone does really well there, that doesn't mean that they're going to be an all, all SEC freshman of the year. I mean, prime example, Brian Maurer lit up the spring game two years ago. Are you thinking, oh, that was Harrison Bailey, I thought. Yeah, Harrison Bailey. They both did. Okay, okay. But I remember Brian Maurer like lighting it up, had two touchdowns, like did very well. And transferred like like it's it doesn't necessarily mean anything which is another reason why I was leaning so hard into that second scrimmage I'm like you can't tell me anything that's going to happen during the season watching a scrimmage that's closed to the public like you can't tell me anything because it is a scrimmage yes but they're still treating it as like a practice like it's still like go out and try stuff and make mistakes and and do what you need to do. So, but I agree with what you said with this spring game. Don't jump to conclusions as you're watching. Don't think, well, this guy's going to start because he did this here, but I'm excited to see everyone else. You know what I mean? Everyone else that did not play, did not start, did not have legitimate time this past year. I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see the Herring boys. I'm excited to see Garland and Elijah and West and uh, John Terry. I'm excited to see all those defensive linemen. I'm excited to see Ollie Lane. I want to see how he does in in a little bit of a performance here because we got to see him sparingly last year. I'm excited to see more of Squirrel White. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. What about the other guys? What about Chase Nimrod? What about what about Webb? Um, Nate Lee caught for yeah. It's it's. We, I don't even want to see Squirrel. I know what Squirrel's doing. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to see it again. It's but it's like John Cooper, Ollie Lane, some of these guys that would maybe be asked upon to come in from injury. You know yeah. what I mean? I, you know, we Cooper, we got it. Javante, we know. Mincy and Crawford, we get it. Let's see those other boys. You, you, you know, and 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 yeah, rep the hell out of Chase, Nate, Caleb. I mean, get more. And the other thing that you made a comment too about the, when we were talking about the quarterbacks, man, I really sometimes don't even care. I, I want them to obviously look good and play well and, and put up good numbers. I don't want a bunch of turnovers. It's not live. It's it, yeah. it, bro. It is it is different. Like there's something about being a gamer compared to being a practice player. I mean, you know, that's what happened when Joe got injured and got replaced and Hendon took off and went with it. And it was the same thing with Josh Dobbs too, your boy. Like he wasn't a good practice player. And then when he got in the games, it, it you know, he made, made plays. So, you know, you know, you know, it was a great practice player, Nathan Peterman. Oh, amazing. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> they never got sacked. Never. 
And then he gets in a game and gets absolutely crushed by the rush because he has no internal clock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but listen, it's still exciting. It's it's ball. And and I know some of these people, I haven't read really much into it. I'm Obviously, today's my first day back on social media besides posting stuff for this. But um, I saw, I guess, a little bit where Hugh Freeze or some of these coaches talked about spring games. If it – I don't know why they wouldn't do it if, if two schools are cool with doing it, coaches are doing it. NFL does yes, it. It's called pre NFL does it. It's called preseason. Uh, NFL does it. You did it with the Broncos. Bro, I, high I mean, school the, does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we scrim like high school teams scrimmage other high school teams in spring. Like yeah. colleges should do it. It would be so much better for the teams. Yeah. Like it would literally give them a one up. And like you, you you know, find sections like you already talk to the coaches and be like, hey, we're going to do like a goal line period here. Right. We're going right. to do a third and long period here. We're going to do a two minute here, a four minute here. Like that would be amazing for both sides, like to get that experience in guys. And like you can go live and not live in certain situations. You can hell you can practice your kickoff and kick return and all your special teams like. That is so valuable to a team, especially a young team. I would jump at that. The, re the, the revenue that they would make, too, would be would be great. Uh, but I was trying to give you a nice little little kudos. I was saying, you know, your time with the with the Patriots and the Bucks. I loved calling you when you guys had uh, joint practices and, yeah. and about going up against different people. But, you know, so, it, yeah, high school, NFL does it. You know, I don't know why it would be such a far-fetched thing. And who the hell is it? To, the NCAA is a joke anyway. So. Like, it's just dumb. I don't even know what the rules are. Maybe I'm talking out my butt and don't even really know because I haven't read anything about it. But if Danny White calls, you know, TC or not TCU, you know, Tennessee Tech or um, UTC or, you know, Memphis, you know, Memphis, and they're like, hey, we'll pay you guys this. Like, you know, I think Memphis is a great pick. And then just meeting Nashville, playing Titan Stadium. The spring game? I mean, talk about – That'd be I mean, sick, dude. I'm telling you right now, Nashville would love that because that would bring a lot of fanfare. Hell yeah. For a spring football game that doesn't mean anything. But, uh, you know, and the other thing is, too, people might talk about injuries. You you almost probably have less chance of injuries for a team because it's like if you're with a spring game, you got your – you know, you got offense and defense are both your guys. You go play. You go play somebody else. You're taking eleven off the field for a hot minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't have a. You also don't have like a huge disparity in talent too. Like yeah. it. It gets very weird in spring games where you're like, wait, are the ones going against the twos? Like, what? Yeah. What's going on here? Like you can you can divide it up a lot easier that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, all right, man. That was a great pod. Fun pod. Talking a lot. Great. That, that, that's, a, that's definitely an off-season pod. Yeah. I mean, that's how it's going to go. <laughs> off-season. We're, we're, we're two and a half hour pods during this season. We got, we got a little shorter in the off-season. Exactly. All right, bud. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please subscribe, like, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. We love the comments and love to answer them. Uh, if you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, and follow us on all those different platforms that you listen to us on. Uh, follow us on social media also at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also, rbacon26 for read on Twitter 
Kyler at Kyler Curbison for myself on all social medias. So check that out and always check out RTI.com for the latest info and latest news on everything Tennessee athletics. Um, appreciate you guys so much. And as always, go Vols. Thank you.